I am pre as you are C as they are free and we are equalizers. See how they pitched on knots as a leech. See how they goo. Making a new movie. A sequel no one asked for. Jimmy Neutron gone. Dead trolls who trolls united. The house with the clock and the walls to the book of death. This is the sequel. Or maybe the prequel. <laughs> I am the walrus. Goo goo gajoob. Coming soon to a theater near you. It's the Equalizer. So weekly podcast for two idiots dropping cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Noel, and I am joined as always by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Jones. Madison Jones. I appreciate your effort in that. That was really earnest. Thank you. And, uh, and uh, I, I realized it took you took you a long time. I think I think you. It took me twenty minutes drunk cool. to do that. So. Cool. If you were sober, it would have taken you a half an hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. Days. 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 <laughs> would have been a long day's night. Yeah. Um, hard day's night. Hard, a hard day's night. Long, winding A long road. day's journey into night. A long and winding A long road. and winding Penny road. Lane. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know. Would have taken me Penny Lane. Or down Abbey Road. We're doing Yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, all my sequels seem so far away. How many more Beatles songs can you, can you, can you just say? Um, a number of them. Yeah. I mean, I could. Do you, are we going to do that? Is that the bit now? I don't, I don't know if we need to. I mean... You know what? Let's let it be. Hey. hey. Bazinga. Bazinga. Yeah. Yesterday. I, I think I want to hear what you thought first before I kind of go into. Um. So I had seen this movie before I suggested it to you. I'd seen it a little while ago. I actually enjoyed it more this time rewatching it. It's a thing that I find with myself when I watch movies of like if I'm expecting it to be something and it's not, it kind of makes me not enjoy it. And it's just because it's like, oh, this wasn't what I was expecting at all. And then when I come back to watch and I'm kind of aware of what it is, I enjoy it more. So like this time, it's pretty light plot-wise. And I've seen some interesting articles. If I can find the YouTube video, we'll include it in the show notes talking about where this movie kind of should have maybe gone story-wise. But I just, it's really fun. And I just had a great time with it. Like you don't really need to know too much about the Beatles to appreciate it. No. For me, it really didn't get interesting until he was on tour with Ed Sheeran. Mm -hmm. Everything leading up to that was very boring for me. Mm -hmm. I it's just like let me get to like the the hunk of this movie because like oh he's like a failed singer songwriter or whatever or he's not as successful as he wished he could be and then he starts writing Beatles songs um, and then he of course would become successful I guess and then. Ed Sheeran shows up at his door and that's the moment that's the very that's the start of the movie for me that actually like is worth watching <laughs> like or like worth spending the time on yeah for anyone who's listening to this for some reason having not watched yesterday the premise is a failed uh failed singer songwriter basically is about to quit music until he's hit by a bus during a power outage and when he wakes up he is seemingly the only person in the world who remembers the Beatles yeah um and so he ends up writing all of their songs and performing them and then is catapulted to stardom off of the back of that. And that kind of leads into like the, the video I saw that I thought was interesting was that this movie didn't really play with imposter syndrome, which a lot of mm. artists have. Yeah. And the idea is like, am I actually this good or am I imposter? And this is a movie in which he empirically knows he's an imposter. Yeah. And they never play with the fact that like I wasn't good enough to do this as a career until I stole the Beatles music. Yeah. And I know that's a thing that's never played with on a character level. It's mostly just a romance story with Lily James, yeah. which, to be fair, love me some Lily James, mm -hmm. so I'm not too mad about that. Yeah, but she was great in this movie. But yeah, they didn't have like a lot of like 
I mean, you only get like bursts of it because I think it's actually just like the character's personality is that he's a very kind of reserved and kind of like Mm -hmm. quiet person who just wants to be a good musician and like have success. It it seems more he wants success than want to be a musician, right? You know, like like like, it doesn't seem like he has the love for the music. It's more he wants people to love his music. And that's the Mm -hmm. whole thing. And then in the latter half of the movie, he feels somewhat guilty about what he's doing um, Mm -hmm. after after he reaches his fame and stardom and everything. I think the movie is somewhat weird because they do... Because I give them props for doing the thing. It's like, okay, well, if the Beatles didn't exist, of course Oasis wouldn't have existed, right? Because they were (laughs) heavily influenced by the Beatles and had a kind of similar trajectory. Or maybe not on the same level, but like it's similar. Like, um, And also Coke wouldn't have existed. And um, That's the thing I didn't get. Like, I don't... I think it's just meant to be, oh, this weird stuff doesn't exist also. Because, like, what's the trajectory? How is it if the Beatles never existed, Coke would never exist? Or cigarettes. like Or SNL. Because they reference a show that's basically Saturday Night Live, but it's not SNL. Yeah. And my take was that was supposed to be a subtle joke. I made a list of the stuff that does still exist that he, like, Googled. Mm-hmm. Or when he was Googling, and stuff that doesn't exist canonically. And it's the Beatles, Oasis, Coke probably snl and then harry potter yeah like i don't see the trajectory from the Beatles didn't exist therefore harry potter i think it's just like an eclectic mix of things that no longer exist yeah i don't know why harry potter wouldn't exist i thought that was just kind of like because it that that joke happens in the last like 30 seconds of the movie but like cigarettes really like cigarettes wouldn't exist if the Beatles didn't like exist like that's why i think they're just picking shit like that doesn't exist anymore and not anything like the nebulous like sort of I'll say I'll use I'll misuse the phrase "gravity's rainbow" of the Beatles not existing. Mm-hmm. Like, well, if they never existed, this wouldn't have existed, and this and that and the other thing. Like, yeah, there's like some. And granted, like I really probably wouldn't like the movie if they focused on this too much about like other music that exists. Because like, if the Beatles didn't exist, a lot of music probably wouldn't exist today. Mm-hmm. And but like Bowie still existed, and like so did the Rolling mm-hmm. Stones, which they were happening kind of. So, Beck, I think. Beck, yeah, like the Beach Boys, yeah. uh, Childish Gambino. It also like because uh, I pulled up, I'm like, okay, so this movie, let's let's like think about it as um, this movie is in 2019 when it released. Like that's like when it's mm-hmm. set, right? And it was looking at like what are the other songs that were out that his songs were going up against, like on top of the yes, okay, I'm interested for this. Yeah, yes. okay, so his songs like. Here comes the sun, doo 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 doo, would be going up against Old Town Road by Little Nas, <laughs> which is the number one Billboard song of that year. Sunflower by Puss Malone and Sway Lee. Bad Guy, Billie Eilish. Like okay. th- those, like his like li- like guitar tunes and like it's a hard day's night is going up against like bury a friend. <laughs> you know like 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 eleanor rigby yeah eleanor rigby is going up against seven rings by ariana grande it's just like i don't know man <laughs> and that's kind of a thing like i read a bit of an article or something like that so i'm not claiming this is like i'm an expert and i know about this like i it could be disproven but there was this thing that somebody looked at and ostensibly by like listens or purchase i can't remember what it was but there was some algorithm run where arguably the beatles are just okay mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of music at the time they were like a smash like nobody is um denying they were a phenomenon and that they inspired generations of musicians like that's not necessarily what's up for debate here it's like if you look at this like mathematically and scientifically as a band they were okay yeah 
the the music's great and and I know people who don't like the Beatles and that's fine like it's art you can like which what you like and don't not like what you don't like it's but the idea is like in the grand scheme of music the Beatles were just fine as a band as a phenomenon and an inspiration that's what the Beatles kind yeah. of represent but like musically fine and that's the, to your point, especially if they had not been grandfathered in as like the greats of music. I don't know if like yeah. <laughs> fucking Yellow Submarine is going to take down Taylor Swift at the Billboard right. record. Like, you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. Or there was like, and there's also the paradox of like, okay, maybe those people don't exist because of him. But Ed Sheeran exists. <laughs> you know yeah you know ed sheeran made it through the paradox the one scene where they do the the music the contest he did a good job of like playing defeat the way he did like I'm, i've been defeated like he did a decent job I there thought, i was kind of surprised i thought legitimately during that that scene it was mm-hmm. like they're gonna turn ed sheeran the to, into the villain of this movie i would have <laughs> like, they're gonna make a singer and songwriter actual ed sheeran playing himself the villain of this movie because it's literally like he is so defeated he's like so, the vote. no no vote no vote no that was uh an interesting moment i was always told that there would be someone who came along that was a lot better than me and you are definitely better than me jack yeah wow that was uh one of the best songs I've heard in my life. You're definitely Mozart, mate, and I'm definitely Salieri. Right, Jack. Yeah, I'm just like. Also, what a deep cut from Sheeran. Also, like, what a what a over dramatic man. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I will say those are my favorite parts of this movie where they did stuff like that, where it's like, okay, I'm gonna go over there for ten minutes, and you're gonna go over there for ten minutes, and we're gonna write the best song we can. And Ed Sheeran has this like nice song kind of touching. I'll put in some of the music here, and then fucking Jax is out and just busts out the long and winding road. Yeah. <laughs> just like those are the parts where I was cracking up, imagining like you've never heard what a lot of people consider to be like one of the most beautiful songs of all time. And it's like, oh yeah, he wrote that in ten minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I enjoyed I, I enjoyed this movie. I also enjoyed Kristen uh, or not Kristen Kate McKinnon's character. Who there was a few lines she delivered. I was like, Madison Jones would say this exact sentence. Okay, like so you you told me uh, you text you messaged me when you watched it that there was a particular yeah. line that um, was said in the movie that you knew would get me or something like that. Yeah. Right? Yes. I, I wrote down a few. Um, things mm-hmm. i'm gonna bet it's a kate mckinnon line but yes um, it is. uh okay i think i said it was a kate mckinnon okay line in the text i wrote down some of my guesses dirt when i was watching mm-hmm. the movie one of them was the fact that her name is deborah hammer and that she no, kind of introduced was not she's it. like i'm deborah hammer <laughs> <laughs> no that was not the line i thought you were gonna get the biggest kick out of deborah uh, deborah says i'm so thirsty give me the dot goddamn chalice <laughs> Yes, that one. That, that was, it was like, the, the, uh, but I need you to say, I'm so thirsty, Deborah. Buddy, what I am offering you is the great and glorious poison chalice of money and fame. If you don't want to drink it, which I would understand, go back and have a warm beer in little Bonnie England. If you do want to drink it, I need to hear you say, Deborah. I'm so thirsty. Give me the goddamn chalice. There was another one that I kind of mentioned earlier. Bang uh-huh. me backwards over a Buick. <laughs> she just says that at some point. No, that wasn't necessarily the one. It was mostly the, the where she's getting real intense and like, I'm going to offer you the whatever, the poison chalice. 
but I need to hear you say it. I need to hear you say, I'm so goddamn thirsty, Deckard. Give me the chalice. Yeah. Um, there's also, like, at the end of the movie, after he, like, after she's chasing him through the venue mm-hmm. or whatever, she's just like, In the name of money, stop! <laughs> yes. And I'm like, I mean, Kate, Kate McKinnon is a, a gem in, like, everything she's in. Like, yeah. I wasn't the biggest fan of the new Ghostbusters movie, but she's mm-hmm. the shining light in that movie, I think. Like, we're gonna do the spy who lo- uh, the spy who dumped me yeah. here soon. That is legitimately a movie where I don't know if they like if Mila Kunis, his character, like laughing at her, is legitimately Mila Kunis just laughing mm-hmm. because Kate McKinnon is just going off script or doing whatever she wants. But like, that is a movie where they just freed Kate McKinnon on set and let her do whatever. Yeah. Well, and it's like Kate McKinnon at her best. Like, um. Mm-hmm. In the bloopers, I always watch bloopers on like anything. If I sure. ever like have a DVD or something, or I can see, mm-hmm. or I can find them. The bloopers of Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters movie of her just delivering one-liners, is mm-hmm. um, amazing. Um, I don't know if you'll be able to find it, but maybe you can put a few in. Here. I'll see what I can do. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's so good. Uh, Kate McKinnon. There, there is the whole thing at the end of the movie where he admits to mm-hmm. the world in the middle of an Ed Sheeran concert that um, I didn't write the, these songs the Beatles did um, or uh-huh. these people did um, who were called the Beatles. And then he uploads all the songs for free to the Internet yeah. on the most worst like computer looking screen ever that Rocky has <laughs> yeah. in the backstage. I don't know what's with modern movies and like fake looking computer screens, but like it's got probably be... because they can't like Dell or Mac is so like, like you know what a Mac home screen sure. looks like. And you know what? A, like they probably just for branding purposes have to make a shitty look. It also just looks so bad. It's always like a bar going up. Yeah. Like, you know, like, like yeah. it's, it's really bad, but I'm just like in the real world, he would be sued into infinity and beyond. Like for, it's interesting. I have a note for that. It's my idea for the sequel for, for one, the production company that he was, he was working for like that Kate mm-hmm. McKinnon represented or whatever, who produced all of those songs that he just released for free, no matter like what he says, he didn't write them or whatever. He would be sued into all time. He wouldn't have a nice mm-hmm. house by the beach with Lily James and like two kids spoilers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he would be destitute yeah also i mean we're kind of nitpicking the end I, of yeah. I'll, I'll say a fantasy movie yeah. but the idea that he was just like i didn't write these songs john lennon paul mccartney ringo Starr, and george harrison did and there's like no we fucking didn't yeah what are you talking about yeah Ringo Starr's like i did i work in a bowling alley i didn't write any of these songs what are you talking about yeah um spoilers for this movie um like i think we're way past having to give sure spoiler warnings. sure but there is a scene where he talks to John Lennon or someone playing John Lennon. The actor Robert Carlyle. Which pretty good job as far as like, oh, I mm-hmm. can imagine John yeah. Lennon looks, that would, that's what John Lennon would look like in, in if he's mm-hmm. older. But I thought they were going to actually get like Paul McCartney, who is alive, or Ringo Starr, who is alive. But maybe they just didn't want to have anything to do with the movie. But um, I mean, at that point, it might have also been a budget concern. They were already paying to have the rights to all of the Beatles music. Then paying Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, and George Harrison to come on may have just been like not feasible. Yeah. Or maybe imagining a life where their success didn't exist isn't that that cool of a vibe for them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I, I will say the idea here is that like, hey, actually – John Lennon might have been better off not doing the Beatles. It wasn't a bad vibe, but I could see the idea of like, hey, let's imagine you never did it. And like, what would your life be like? And Paul McCartney might have been like, I don't, that sounds awful. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I don't know. Like, I don't know their... I'm not a huge Beatles head, so I don't know, like, what their stories are, but, like... The saddest part of the movie is them going to Liverpool and seeing, like, just, like, how not... Like, basically, it's, like, because the Liverpool became, mm -hmm. like, famous and, like, well-visited because of the Beatles and stuff, and, like, seeing, like, oh, Abbey Road's just a road. It's <laughs> just there. Mm -hmm. uh, or, um, um, or maybe Abbey Road's not at the... I don't know if that's Liverpool, but, like going to the penny lane but still i mean yeah like, yeah like abbey road is still like a landmark mm -hmm. because of the beatles yeah. like even if it's not in liverpool like yeah i mean if if lincoln hadn't been shot in ford's theater it would just be it probably wouldn't be there anymore it would have been like demolished and something sure. else would have been put in its place but yeah because it's like that landmark it's still around well i liked this movie it sounds like you at least enjoyed enjoyed the experience it was fine it was fine yeah, it was fine for me well it may have it may surprise you to learn that some other people had some opinions on this movie. That's right, gang. I followed... I'll go back to it because we've almost exhausted my Beatles knowledge. The Long and Winding Road. Oh, no. That's right, Freakwells. I took a yellow submarine to find Daddy's Tomatoes. The tomatoes at the bottom of the ocean? There's tomatoes at the bottom of the ocean. I might cut that and use this one instead, but that's right, Freakwells. In the town where I was born, there lived a man who had some Daddy's Tomatoes. It's time to squish some tomatoes with... Maxwell Silver Hammer. <laughs> yep. I'm leaving all of these in. Uh, our first review comes from Naomi B, who gave this five stars. A delightful feel-good movie. Only issue accessing my ticket information on my phone. Needed to join the theater Wi-Fi. End of review. I am so tired. Mm -hmm. I've, I've given up on Rotten Tomatoes users. <laughs> like I find them the most saddest individuals that exist in, in all of time. Um, where they just like... It's not even a forum for like reviewing movies anymore. It's just a reform for it reviewing. Is, um, like... No, no, no. She proved she's she's. There's plenty of examples in well, this show that prove that wrong, and that. Uh... Okay, but I'm, I also pull five <laughs> reviews out of like a hundred thousand. Uh, I'm just speaking from my reviews. experience. Uh... <laughs> Fair enough. Well, speaking of experience, D gives this three and a half stars. Mm -hmm. Wait, I'm I'm gonna guess. Did the did the theater toilet paper not uh, treat their butt good? <laughs> no, unfortunately. I mean, unfortunately, that is not what this review is okay. about. The movie was four stars, but I hate that when you enter the theater, there are no I people fucking, there to help I you pick up tickets. I can't. I, <laughs> I even hear what you said. It's just like when you enter the theater, it has nothing to fucking do with the movie. <laughs> oh god. Anytime. Rotten Tomatoes should have like an automatic like thing in their thing like that like detects like if you're talking about the movie or not and if not it automatically posts that thing as a Google review of the of the location that they saw it at. The movie was four stars, but I hate that when you enter the theater there are no people there to help you pick up tickets. I couldn't get help to figure out how to pick up my oh ticket. My there was no one to check tickets. So next time I will just walk in and take my seat. Also, I don't like the recliners. After a while, they hurt my back. End review. I weep for the world. I am weeping. I'm crying and laughing so I hard. Weep. I weep for, for the world. Does someone like that exist? Jen95608 gave this five stars. I loved the movie. It was funny and cute. The only thing I really didn't like was the couple <laughs> Stop! Stop! Oh my god. Jesus. Was it the Coca-Cola? Is that what she said? She didn't like the Coca-Cola at the theater? Is 
the fountain at the theater the the 14 year old that works there forgot to change out the the filter or whatever oh fuck okay love the movie it was funny and cute the only thing i really didn't like was the couple of old ladies sitting close by talking through the whole movie like they were at home but i was too much into the movie to complain end of review i have nothing left to say well roberta k gave us one star and she has something to say disliked plot there wasn't one end of review i mean that's at least about the movie and that's a that's a review um i don't think that's correct even factual i would say that is factually not correct there is a plot <laughs> to that movie i i needed to include one that wasn't um that was actually a review i went through a number of pages <laughs> and all, the only reviews i found that were worthy of rotten tomatoes were the ones here and as soon as the theme started appearing i leaned into it because i knew how angry it would make you um Roberta gave me at least a little bit of life in, in in that last one. At least she talked about the movie. It's the lowest bar. That's the that's the lowest bar I have for Rotten Tomatoes users. All right. Well, that's the end of the tomatoes. Uh, I don't know if you have any math facts or anything as such. I don't have like I don't have uh, any bits really. I do have like a story that this like uh, plays. Um, okay. I I feel like I know we're kind of front loading the this episode. I think, but. Um, I, it made me think about like, oh, what if Beatles didn't exist in my life? Or like, like it just kind of, that's what the movie made me think about. And Mm -hmm. I was reminded of this time and I might've told you this before, Mike, but, Mm -hmm. um, in college, uh, we had a really shitty landlord, um, in the Mm -hmm. place that I lived at sophomore year, um, in my, his name was, (laughs) um, and Brett Benson, you can you can cut it out or leave it in if you want. I mean, I mean, I might cut out the fact that you sure, said the sure, city sure. I live in. They we told him that we weren't going to live there anymore, and uh, he was showing the house to some people, and I was out. Um, mm-hmm. I was out doing doing something else. I think I was doing like a radio project or something. And my friend, my neighbor had um, had failed at making weed brownies, <laughs> and burnt the. Um, <laughs> and burnt the the butter and the brownies like in the oven and it was smelled so bad um in the in their house they just threw them outside um in that and they smelled so bad that they smelled like the the stench filled up the whole neighborhood and and street that i I lived on i could smell it from like a block away that there was like weed in this area uh leading up to like our our houses and when I was at the TCOM building, um, my landlord called mm-hmm. me pissed out of his mind because um, the house smelled like weed because my, my neighbor threw out those weed brownies and everything. Right. And he thought it was my fault. He thought it was me that did it because I had a Beatles poster in my mm-hmm. room. <laughs> he blamed me because I had Beatles posters in my room. So I'm obviously a total pothead so that's that so absolutely when i think about what the beat what my life would be without the beatles i mean that wouldn't that story wouldn't have happened i have a friend who lives here in um same town and she the landlord was over and she had a poster she tweeted this had a poster of um mm-hmm. bob dylan on like her door and she he basically was trying to make a conversation and just pointed at the poster was like is, so is he one of the Beatles? <laughs> and it was popped up. 
And the second joke to that story is when she tweeted it, I thought it said a Bob Evans poster. Oh and God. at no point in my brain did I think, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. She would have a Bob yeah, Evans my, poster. It's my favorite sit-down breakfast restaurant. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Waffle House person myself. I put a poster of Waffle House on my, on my wall. That'd be great. All right. Well, speaking of Waffle House posters, let me get our timer started. Cool. Our time starts now. Uh, so I have a few ideas, just possible like hooks for this. I have one as well, but I'll let you go first. Uh, since you have one, you go ahead and go. Since I have about like two or three. Um, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Get them all out. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Release uh, the sin all at once. <laughs> so like a pothead. My idea. <laughs> my idea is that we do the kind of same concept again, but mm-hmm. with a different artist. Okay. And I think like us developing that story would be not as we w- I don't think we'd have a lot to talk about but I was trying to think of like artists that were just as influential um to like music um similar to the Beatles or like kind of in my mind revolutionized it Jimmy Buffett yeah I'm on the same wavelength yeah yeah Jimmy Buffett that island time Margaritaville uh-huh. like um that boat boat drink life you know yeah, yeah. Now, name two other Jimmy Buffett songs. Um, uh, he didn't write Five O'Clock Somewhere. Um, that's um, an Alan Jackson song, but he's on that's that correct. song. That's mm-hmm. correct. Uh, he's on that. He, he has a little uh, little feature on He that also song. performs it in his concerts now as well. Oh, he does? Mm-hmm. I'd love to go to a Jimmy Buffett song. I don't know any, uh, I don't know any okay. others. Wow. Interesting. Okay. I could probably make one well, up. I mean, yeah, uh, go ahead. Make one up. I'm going to guess there's a song called sand in my slippers um i know there's one called pop tab like or there's like a song of, like that mentions like a pop tab that he steps that's on. margaritaville oh, okay well cheeseburger in paradise cheeseburger in paradise Cheeseburger in paradise <laughs> there you go good job Don't so what was the artist you were thinking of uh and actually an artist that i was thinking of that i find is like revolutionary to the genre and i think is has been very influential on in, like what music is now is lady gaga mm-hmm. I think like Lady Gaga, as far as like her influence on like making like sort of art pop, art pop music and like having like sort of like a following like her her little monsters and stuff like that and her effect on like the LGBT community and Mm. the um, sort of doing like rootsy, like like root, like going to my roots, sort of like telling a story through a pop album, I'd say like. I see her as like probably one of the most revolutionary artists of the of of our modern time. So I okay. think that would be interesting if we followed that. But I mean, I am not against that. I know nothing about Lady Gaga's music, and I am not part of the LGBT community, so I don't know how much use I could be doing that. I'm not against doing it. It may just be you may have to carry the ball for us for a while, okay. and I'll like pitch in with ideas or questions but i i I guess i'm fine with that i'm just being neither a huge lady gaga fan or a part of that community that she's a revolutionary Mm -hmm. and i don't feel qualified to tell that story sure well what is uh what were some of your ideas and see if maybe we can marry something or like maybe find another artist or what let's see what you're well following my brand i got real weird with it one we could follow that other pair who remembered the beatles Um, okay that was an idea i had I like that. I like that as a story plot in that in that movie because it was kind of this foreboding thing. Yeah. That like really like had a good payoff at the end. It's just like 
they were and you thought they were gonna like expose him and then he just they just were like thank god you exist because the music this world without this music like yeah be worthwhile um i have a pit here i just wrote down contract lawsuit ip take down the the lawsuit basically i wrote down lily james has it now I don't know. Lily James could get hit by a bus or something and she wakes up yeah. and we could tie that in with Lady Gaga. Sorry, Lady Gaga. And there's, I don't know how familiar you are with the book Fahrenheit 451 mm-hmm. by Ray Bradbury. Um, there's a group of people in that book who, um, like, they memorize books so that when they're lost, like, somebody still remembers them. We could play with something like that. Like, maybe either this is happening on purpose or there are some people who are just being tasked, like, to remember. Because they're being lost. I mean, that gets much more high concept. Like somebody is doing this on purpose or somebody's destroying the earth or whatever. It's like, no, we need people who remember the Beatles or whatever. Like you're the guy who remembers the Beatles. Yeah. But those are kind of my ideas. I didn't have anything super solid. Just sorry. I had some notes here. I, I just now noticed that I had to talk about, but nothing important. Um, other than the fact that there's a stealth James Corden in this movie. There is a stealth James Corden. I but, didn't think about that. Um Fuck you. But those are my ideas. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, Those are kind of the ideas I had. I think the strongest one we have so far is probably what you had, just because that does tie into actual cause and effect and like things in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Mine could, if we did anything with what I said, it would be more of just like set dressing around the kernel of what you said. Sure. Sure. I think it's, we don't have to do Lady Gaga or Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. I like the idea of it happening to Lily James. I thought, like, because I think she would have someone to sort of like. I just the scene where, because uh, I see the scene in my mind where she starts saying something, and he's like, "Wait a minute, are you the only person who remembers them?" She's like, "Yes. How did you know?" And he's just like, and like points at a poster of him from when he was like a rock star about the Beatles. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, who are some of like your artists that you like? And because I'd like us both to be able to like talk about it or like i mean jimmy buffett i i wasn't i was kind of joking but also kind of not like i grew up listening to a lot of jimmy buffett music jimmy buffett might be good like um i cannot also fathom lily james being like yeah i love jimmy buffett yeah but okay so do you feel like he is like his impact like so it could be a small i i like this idea i do like this idea it's much. It's a much smaller movie of like being influential of like island time and like having like a chill hangout kind of like beach music. Like, I mean, we could also dig like much more personal. Like, oh, Jimmy Buffett music was like the only thing my dad and I agreed on or bonded over. Yeah. Like, and now that doesn't exist. Yeah. And so maybe now she's like reintroducing it so that she can bond with her father again now as like an adult because they didn't growing up. Like, we can make it instead of like a global thing we can make it just like a deeply personal mm-hmm. like the music was deeply personal as opposed to this great like world shattering band yeah what if it's I'm trying to think of like like an alternate version of it like like what if her dad or something starts writing songs and that she remembers and only she remembers but he's doing like he's like kind of writing this or maybe he remembers him too. i don't know i think that was a dumb thought because how would he know the songs so this is a hard this is a hard i have a way that this could kind of work okay there's a song buffett has called um false echoes and it's like 15 minutes long and it's this deeply personal song about um, losing his dad to alzheimer's mm. in the rain. 
Her dad could have Alzheimer's, and she gets hit by but whatever. She she gets yesterday, and she's the only one who remembers Jimmy Buffett. Okay, but her dad maybe because of the Alzheimer's something like I'm mean, say brain chemistry. I don't want to get too weird about it. Maybe he's also like somehow that got stored away, but because he has Alzheimer's, like he didn't necessarily forget. He's forgetting everything, but somehow like he still kind of remembers. Mm-hmm. And this could we could tie with that, and like that could be their bonding thing, or like how she. I'm not sure. I'm trying to think. Like that would be that would be an option. Um, we could play with as well. Like I said, I'm more interested maybe if we do a sequel and we keep it with music, we do something deeply personal instead of yeah. globally. If, unless we're going to do Lady Gaga uh, or somebody who like with like LGBT communities or things like that, like a, a personal instrumental in building up a community, then I think we go global. Otherwise, I think we make it something deeply just personal to the characters. I think I'm a little more interested in the personal story of it mm-hmm. being kind of like a sequel because um, not because I don't think like the Lady Gaga thing might not go too much anyway. I just think it would be that much different from the first movie, right? Sure. So, like, if we wanted to follow this sort of like this story with Lily James and do do we think it should be them or should it be someone else? Because I like, don't know. I mean, and, and I I make this joke usually. I'm not saying this with any bitterness. Jackson and you did agree yeah. in the Lost uh, Into the Woods that a sequel should have some of the same characters from the original. Mm-hmm. Although it doesn't kind of sequel, which is why I ultimately lost that head to head. Yeah. If we don't want to follow those rules, uh, one I demand a recount. But two, no. Uh, <laughs> Dude, we don't have to have the same characters. I think the characters maybe should make a cameo of some kind just to tie them together. But I'm also fine if there's no new, none of the same characters. Yeah, I just think it'd be funny if it happened to like Lily James and then Jack's character, played by Hamish Patel, could just be like, "Yes, no, I 100 percent are still like, how can I help?" Um, this is a zag, um, mm-hmm. a slight zag. But what if it was Ooh. happening? to kate mckinnon's character oh my god because it, there would be that scene in the movie where she would like show up at their house and be like uh hey i know like i tried to like sue you into infinity and beyond after that whole thing but it's happening to me now um you know how you kept claiming there was a band called the beatles and nobody else believed you or remembered them yeah uh but it's it could be jimmy buff and it could be like a story with her and her dad and like it could be this whole um story because like she's a in the in the first movie she's a very rough character and like she's mm-hmm. kind of she's villainous jaded jaded mm-hmm. like sort of villainous in her uh, herself like this could give her softer edges um this is kind of the evan almighty of the, of, <laughs> of a sequel yeah. where she has this relationship with her dad and she got into music because of him and they used to listen to jimmy buffett all the time but he has mm-hmm some sort of mental like degenerative mental disease and both remember and then she uses her power to try to get these songs on the radio and like uh heard and everything but everyone's just like it's 
songs about like islands and like and like, yeah. like sailing and like cheeseburger and paradise like what is this i mean like but we get ed sheeran to sing them ariana grande no we get ariana grande to sing them uh God. that's the character that's the celebrity character in this movie or we get like beyonce or something or like someone who is like i mean kenny chesney is kind of veering into yeah i'll say buffett's lane but his country music's getting a lot more beachy yeah zach brown's another one who does a lot of buffett-esque music we get casey musgraves casey musgrave is awesome um and she she might be down okay well, we, we'll just give her a call here and see if she wants to do this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's her goal to uh, get Jimmy Buffett's songs made again, um, mm-hmm. even though that he's like has a very niche audience. I, he, she, but she feels it's still important because it's important to her dad and mm-hmm. their relationship. And like it was the thing that they would have. Like when she would go visit him, she she would play Jimmy Buffett's music, and now they don't have that anymore. Like it's kind of a thing that like now they don't have this sort of like bridge for mm-hmm. them to communicate and like bond anymore. So it's her goal to like do do that. What do I like think? that. I think we need. Um, I'm trying to think of how I want to phrase this because like if the if the the trouble is her just getting them on the radio, she's a like extremely powerful music producer. That's not really a problem. Well, like what is the? Well, I think the problem is is that nobody really likes the music or anymore like or nobody really connects with it like they connected with the beatles songs right you know like i think it's like i think if she took that the jimmy buffett song i'm not trying to insult jimmy buffett or anything no i mean i think he he does have a niche audience like and everything and she is trying to use her because if she doesn't do it nobody will right because she's the only Mm -hmm. one who knows she goes to her music like execs and everything and they're like this isn't us or our genre and i don't we honestly don't think this deserves to be heard or spent time on like um, yeah like or anything so she maybe leaves and like does it sort of like diy independent or something like that or in the with ariana grande or, or casey musgraves or something. sure i think casey musgraves is the better option because it is a little more sure. adjacent to like country folk like okay. um Okay. No, I think that's fine. Like I said, I maybe also part of the movie is um, that I mean, she lives in. This is all happening in like Los Angeles, California. Like maybe her dad's there, and near like maybe near the end of the movie, she's like, "All right, we're gonna take you south. Like we're gonna head like Florida or whatever, like mm-hmm. where there's a clinic or something." And as they head south, like more and more people are listening to it. Like it's more popular yeah. down there, like on the beaches and stuff. Because like I maintain, Jimmy Buffett's a very good songwriter. Like his main hits that people know are like "Cheeseburger in Paradise" and "Margaritaville," which are catchy. But like I'll put together a playlist for when this comes out. But there are some actually like oh. beautiful songs he's written. Every Jimmy Buffett song that I've ever heard is amazing. Like like he um, went to Paris is legitimately like makes me cry sometimes. Yeah. Like it's very beautiful um but i think that that's maybe the thing then is like he's st- the dad starts to brighten up and we can do a whole thing where he's sinking like deeper and deeper into depression or like it's being becoming unwell mm-hmm. throughout the movie and she's like struggling and not succeeding in getting the music like yeah. out there in a big way and as they head south like she flies into wherever and then like they get out of the the planer and into a cabin that's like the buffett songs are playing on the radio and they're like oh we love that down here like everybody's playing yeah. Those new Musgrave hits. Yeah. Well, and or Mus, Mus, Musgraves. What's Casey what? Casey Musgraves. Musgraves. Um, I, re- I recommend any of, her, her, any of her music if you have a chance. So uh, I had an idea of maybe, um, and this is backtracking a little bit, but let's decide right now, do they both have 
the memory of Jimmy Buffett's mu- music, or is it just her? I think it makes sense if it's just her. Memory. I think it's just her, but I like the idea of because it's like an Alzheimer's. Like it is a disease that is already affecting his memory. Mm-hmm. Somehow there's something still in there. So like as he's hearing the music, it's actually like he's becoming more aware, and it's almost like yeah. helping him keep. Um, lucid lucid is the word i want yeah like i like that idea so he doesn't remember the songs but somewhere inside yes he does because of okay the brain chemistry of this degenerative disease yeah so let's say um in his youth and when she was growing up he was Mm -hmm. a singer songwriter himself and he played the guitar um and he Mm -hmm. sang songs and like he ended up being like a writer for a bunch of country stars and like he had like a career himself and he was in the industry and that's just kind of how she kind of got her way in um Mm -hmm. but along the line she kind of like lost those kind of roots and or like lost the kind of same kind of uh, you know what i'm talking about but um yeah and times um, and tastes have changed and like buffett isn't necessarily profitable anymore i mean he is because he's jimmy buffett yeah but much like the beatles if you try to start him out today like again no matter what song you pick if you put it up against fucking wap like it's not gonna top the charts so like i think as she became a music executive it was like no i can't like i'm not gonna book acts like jimmy buffett because no one's gonna buy that and i think we do see some scenes early in the movie of her like turning down these like kind of small Mm -hmm. like kind of like diy it doesn't have to be country music but it could be just like small like diy it's like this isn't gonna sell this is gonna sell two million records like, what, why are we even, like, why is this even in front of me? And they're like, well, he, their musics are really good. I think it's Ed Sheeran, like, kind of, like, making the case. And then, like, no, get the get the fuck out of here, Ed. <laughs> or whatever, like, you know. I like, I like a scene where she's watching, listening to a song, and it's, like, very touching and pretty beautiful. And she's like, wow, I, I love that song. Like, I love your music. Great. It's like, I'm, oh, I'm not going to sign you. No one will buy it. Yeah. But I love it. Like that idea of like she's not going like following her heart anymore or whatever. Mm. Like, yeah. And um, what I was thinking is like as they are touring and stuff, because I think initially <clears throat> like maybe she's singing the songs and like in their mm-hmm. like start and um, she's singing and um, his, her dad can't sing anymore just because of his like condition, but he can still play the guitar. Like, mm-hmm. so mm. they are like a father daughter sort of act, sort of like, like, hitting the trail hitting the trail and like going and like trying to get the music out there and like playing at like bars and like library they're like all those like little small places that like like uh jack right yes yeah jack was playing in the- at the beginning of the movie and then um eventually i think like they get heard like what do we think their like thing is that they get like kind of discovered or her because i think at this point she kind of did the uh she kind of like left her job like after like she kind of like made a thing or like it's like if you're gonna Mm -hmm. maybe they were like if you're gonna keep pressing this jimmy this this like island music thing you're you have no place at our table kind of thing like her Mm -hmm. company so maybe she's out on her own at this point right um i think then she goes to jack Mm-hmm. like hey you you plagiarized a bunch of songs how did you get popular yeah yeah i think it's <laughs> so, like just that attitude and then it's like what do you mean and then she's like this is gonna sound crazy but and she tells them and he's like and just points back at that poster of him like his like jack hamish whatever like the uh the beatles or whatever he's like yeah that happened to me also yeah and i think maybe he kind of warns her like like why do you want to do that like like you want do you want the same thing that happened? Like you saw mm-hmm. kind of what happened and like it, it caused like all this discourse and stuff. And she's like, no, I just want these songs to be heard and like known. And, and maybe she 
reveals that she does have a personal stake in it with her dad right yeah so i think maybe he helps her um i think they mm-hmm. are part of i think he's more part of the movie and like he helps her and they like um Lily james's character like is their manager and stuff like that and you know you get rocky back in you get all the characters you know oh yeah we get um, the gang back together get the gang back together the memorable side friends there's that couple that was always there but they didn't really do much in the movie yeah. um yeah i think i think they do have a scene where they go to the couple that that those two people who remembered the beatles songs they're like okay so do you remember these songs as well and they're like no okay bye like that's it that's the whole scene like yeah, do you yeah, remember yeah. if i were to tell, say the name jimmy buffett i have no idea what that means all right bye and that's their entire if I interview said margaritaville what comes to mind and oh uh, um, uh an overly priced family restaurant yeah um is that kind of like Bourbon Station? <laughs> what? Bourbon Station. It's the it's the thing that was created in the in the paradox is that there was a burp there instead of you know instead of Saturday Night Live there was Thursday Night Live. Oh, there's like right, a Bourbon, okay. bourbon sta- Station. Good lord. Okay. Or Bourbonopolis. It's actually Bourbonopolis. That's that that's what it is. Fucking pothead. So they go and they help them they go on this like little mini tour around like the The, like florida keys south carolina stuff like that yeah yeah like where the music like would be enjoyed and they're playing like tiki bars and they're playing like Uh like um little maybe like mini festivals or something like that like i like the idea of them like playing at like a like a like a heavy metal like concert like it's it's all it's exposure it's all we could get and they're like playing this like kind of like ukulele island song like right before like guar or something (laughs) (laughs) so what's the turn because like there has to be a moment in the movie where it starts to like go badly for them and maybe it's the dad takes a turn yeah for the worse i assume i mean that would be well i think eventually they meet casey musgraves you have you're laughing um what did you, did you what have? if jimmy buffett shows up because he also remembers his music that would be great hell yes <laughs> hell yes and just like i don't want i don't know what to tell you i was suddenly i was on my like i was on my yacht out in the ocean like just uh-huh. fishing i came back walked into my house guy with a shotgun like met me at the door just like who the fuck are you and then i'm just like wandering around then i um happened to be i was just kind of bumming around and then i heard one of your songs like on some like maybe they booked a radio gig or something like and i heard your i think he has like a long beard and stuff he's like wearing like an island shirt like a like a hawaiian shirt too and you can imagine my surprise when i heard casey musgraves margaritaville on the radio yeah yeah oh man that's funny yeah and i think initially they think it's like oh yeah this is great now you can do the songs and then like he tries Mm -hmm. to do it and everything and like people are just like who's this old guy on stage like you know it's like yeah because i mean he he became famous in his time and then it just it kind of like long like yeah like his. Like a lot of the Buffett's like classic Buffett songs are about like drinking and partying and roughing it up and getting laid mm-hmm. and like a fucking 75 year old man coming out. So be like, all right, I wrote this song about trying to have sex with college kids. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just not be not very relatable. Yeah. Maybe that happens before. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually, yes. I think that, I, He's like, <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry, you go ahead. This is great. I think that is a scene. I do think that is a scene. I, I think that happens before they meet Casey Musgraves. Okay. Like, I think, like, they show up on the, because they, they're doing their mini tour, Kate McKinnon and her dad, like, doing this thing. And 
Um, and then he hears one of their songs and they're just, and he just kind of shows up. He's like, what the fuck? And then they attempt to do it with him. And that's when they realize they need someone younger and more relatable to the actual content of his music. What if we go all the way back to the beginning of the movie? Okay. Jimmy Buffett shows up in Kate McKinnon's office and she's like, wow, Jimmy Buffett. And he's like, wait, you remember me? She's like, yeah, my dad and I loved your music. And he explains what's going on and no one else remembers him. And so that's how she gets in. Like, she's like, great, we'll start you out. We'll get you going, whatever. Like, we'll get your interest. And then it doesn't work. And it's like, no, we need somebody younger. We need to get, and that's I, part of the adventure. Jimmy Buffett's in the movie. I like, I like the adventure of him just kind of showing up and just like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's a good twist for the second act. Cause I like a discre- like a, di- like a just disheveled, like Jimmy Buffett. Like, he has this like long blonde beard yeah. and it just kind of like, just like, what the hell? You stole all my music. How do you, how are you the only people that knew? And maybe that's um, kind of like how we set the in, in universe rule. There's always three. There's always three people within these paradoxes. That okay, sure. Um, that's good. But I like. I think we do have a montage and he shows up and we cut back like a year and a half previously where it's like Jimmy and then it shows him trying to like go into bars like this is a song I wrote and then it's like singing about like trying to get laid uh-huh. at like a college party and it was like oh, the sure. fuck you pervy old man like throwing bottles at him and shit. Sure, and, sure, like, sure. God. <laughs> I really like that. So so they do, the, they do that. They get Casey Musgraves on board. They kind of like have her kind of be the conduit for the music. Maybe they work on songs together and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it, it still has the same message of kind of like, at least these songs are out there in the world and people can enjoy them. Cause I think people do mm-hmm. enjoy them and everything. And like, it's not as easy to make the same kind of following as he did, but like yeah. people, the music's out there and like people will enjoy it. And then maybe the turn at the end is like the dad, like just takes a turn for the worse. Like, and, mm-hmm. um, I think he does pass away within the movie, like, um, towards the end. And, um, we have a good scene of like her, like grabbing a guitar and like playing like one of their favorite like songs or Mm -hmm. something like, um, what's a good, like sort of like more not like Uh, captain and the kid is pretty sad, but it's about (sighs) song Jimmy wrote about his grandpa. He died about a month ago. Why winter filled the air? Though I cried, I was so proud to love a man so rare. He's somewhere on the ocean now, the place he ought to be. One hand on the starboard rail, he's waving back at me. Oh, I mean that's perfect. I mean he's the captain, she's the kid. Like that's yeah. that, that that's that's. Like I said, I'll post a playlist with any of the songs we talk about sure, sure. and some of the others that are just great lyrics. Um, but that is a very lovely kind of memorial. Yeah, and I love that. Like, and maybe that's playing over. Like, you see her like playing that mm-hmm. at his like hospital bed, and mm-hmm. it fades into his funeral as well. Like too, and and maybe the maybe the movie kind of like ends shortly after that of just like at least we got the mm-hmm. music out there and like i had this bond and like everything like it never was really about like like for i think for her it was it wasn't really necessarily all about like people hearing the music it was having that oh, yeah, sort was, of like it was for him it was always for her dad and like that's what i want yeah that's what i think is always like she's trying to make him popular like get jimmy buff songs out into the world 
as a thing because that's for her dad. She doesn't care if he like tops the charts or yeah, whatever. Like um, with the hope that other people can bond over his music too, similarly, mm-hmm. if if that's possible. So in that point, I think we need a couple scenes. One, like she visits him a lot at whatever clinic, mm-hmm. um, and a nurse of like, oh, he listens to this song every day. I think the one that would work best would be Little Miss Magic. Yeah. Uh, it's a song Jimmy wrote about his daughter. That's pretty lovely. Actually, Brittany Means, a uh, friend of the show, referenced it in Moulin Touge way back in the day. And it's just a nice little song. But also, I think the idea could be like, it's actually is making him a little bit stronger. Not like he's going to get better, but mm-hmm. like every day he listens to this song and like seems has a little bit more life in him. That gives it a moment. And then I think the movie ends actually with Kate McKinnon's character, maybe at a diner or a bar or something. And like a father-daughter do like karaoke or something mm-hmm. of a Jimmy Buffett song or something like that. We see a father and a younger daughter bonding over one of the songs. Yeah. All right. I think that's great. So what do we call it? I have an idea. Island time. The one of the most famous Jimmy Buffett albums was a kind of a greatest hits. It was called songs, you know, by heart. Um, and it was yeah. just all the, like the best, like the ones from every album that back when CDs were a thing and you didn't just have like whatever songs you wanted. This was like, this is a city of just like the favorites. Mm-hmm. And I think especially given what the movie's about, Songs You Know by Heart would be a pretty good... Songs You Know by Heart. Do we need to do a colon, a yesterday story, or... No, no, let's not do that again. Songs songs You Know by Heart. Um, yeah, it's good. I mean, we can take a because minute and try to come up with something else, but... It, this isn't me trying to be, like, really critical of it, but it yeah. does sound like um, a Nicholas Sparks movie um, that That's fair. has Christian under, undertones. <laughs> That's, I mean, you're not wrong. I think thematically and for Jimmy Buffett, it is the title that would be like perfect. However, I'm also open to if we pick something what else. What about the Captain and the Kid? Captain and the Kid's not bad. Let me think. There's uh, Little Miss Magic. He went to Paris. I'm the Son Jimmy of a Sailor. After this episode. I'll send you a playlist. Yeah. I got like a whole big long one of my favorites and some other stuff. Uh, son of a Son of a Sailor. Also, I recommend... It, when we get to the deepest part of winter and you're just like, oh my God, I can't take any more winter. Just spend a day listening to fucking Jimmy Buffett music. And honestly, it boosts the spirits too. I did this in college all the time when I had to walk like a mile to classes in the dead of winter. And I was just so pissed off about everything. I just listened to Jimmy Buffett all day that day. And I was like, I can get through the rest of winter now. Mm-hmm. I'm just worried. Captain of the Kid is not a well-known Buffett sure. song. Paradise, Margaritaville, Volcano is one that a lot of people know. Five o'clock somewhere. Technically not a Jimmy Buffett song. Boat drinks. Come Monday. Come Monday's not bad. Kind of plays on like the yesterday sort of. Likewise, False Echoes is the song about Alzheimer's, which would make a lot of sense, but again, not super well known. I have found me a home. I think at that point, come Monday, if we're gonna mm-hmm. if we're just gonna absolutely throw out the slam dunk of songs you know by heart i think come monday is probably the best one we're going to get to let's do come monday then all right well there you go the sequel to yesterday there you have it the sequel to yesterday come monday did we do it we did it uh we got it out there i thought we we were i think we struggled there towards the very beginning like trying to figure out exactly what we wanted to do but Mm -hmm. i think getting to jimmy buffett and then like kind of we made kind of a very heartwarming story Mm -hmm. i felt like like and um not a lot of goofs and gags, but plenty of sobs no. and cries. We um, we hit the idea we wanted to do with one and a half minutes left on our 15-minute timer. So awesome. We struggled a little bit. Yeah. But if we did it, that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. People can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, and 
the well, there's one I'm forgetting. Stitcher. I'm on Stitcher. I said Stitcher. Yeah, Google you know, Play. everywhere podcasts are found. You get it. You get it. You get you know. it. You get you see, it. You know. you know where to find us. You, you know, know where to find us. You can also get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Our Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com and our Instagram is the underscore equalizers. And as always, we spell that E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S like in sequel. Like in sequel. Please give us a review and a rating. Five stars would be great. Four stars would be fine. Three stars means you listened to the podcast. Two stars means you don't like us. One star means that you, I don't know, the headphones you were listening to our podcast on weren't comfortable or something like that. Three and a half star means that you heard the secret message. Special thanks to the Banana Boys for our theme song, Two Step Strutting, off their debut album, Technicolor Girl from Outer Space. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram by searching Banana Boys. And as always, that's spelled B-O-Y-E-S, like in oh yes. The full album is available on all streaming services. Now, Madison Jones, what are we doing for the people next time? So I was thinking about like actors we haven't done, like like we really haven't touched on in a long Mm -hmm. time. I was listening to something the other day, and they were talking about Tom Hanks. What's a good Tom Hanks movie we could do? There's um, there's one, but I, I'm working with a guest for that one, for that thing you do. Oh, that thing you do. Okay. Um, I'm working with uh, my sister, who none of you would have heard before, definitely not on Murder by Death 2. Please yeah. cast. So this is an oddball. Um, okay. And tell me if you've seen it before. But we're coming out like just a little after, um, a little after Valentine's Day and stuff. It's a romantic mm-hmm. comedy. You got mail. Have you ever seen that? Uh, no, I've seen bits of it, but I've never seen the whole movie. Yeah, I barely remember it, and it kind of mm-hmm. makes me want to do it because I know it's like these people having sort of like a parasocial relationship over email kind of thing. Um, well, it's, it's like cyber if I dating. Know right, they before. know each other in real life and maybe don't necessarily get along. Yes. It's the Clark Kent Lois Lane dynamic of like she falls in love with Superman, but then is starting to fall in love with Clark Kent, and mm-hmm. oh, thank God they're the same person. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of that. It's like Superman without the um, the superpowers, the power mm-hmm. of the sun, mm-hmm. um, Lex dark, Luthor, Dark Side. Um, oh, um, you know what we have to do then for our sequel. You mentioned Dark Side. We have to do the Snyder cut of of You Got Mail. <laughs> You've got mail. Okay, sure. <laughs> okay, tune in next time for the Snyder cut <laughs> of Do Not You Got Mail. <laughs> So, for the Equalizers, I'm Madison Jones. I'm Mike Noel. We live in a society where honor is a distant memory. Isn't that right? NY152. To be continued. First take your favorite leg, and then you kick it up to your chest. And then you pump your open palms, and then you really start breaking a sweat. That's all there is, that's really it You barely even gotta move your butt Come on man, now follow my lead And we'll do the two-step strut Come on, dance with me